Hello, guys. Glad you're here. I'm gonna. I'm gonna move this only because I'm scared of dumping something on it and having the end of your phone. I'm not Pentecostal, even though I look like it. I've been putting stuff up. We kind of added the sound system at the last moment. I'm sorry. Uh, because we wanted to record it and be able to get a decent recording without all the road noise. So hopefully we can reduce it somewhat by using that. Karen and I have been around for a long time. I think Karen's been a Christian about 27 years and I'm about 35. We're ex-vineyard people. Because uh, Joanne wanted to, us to give us an, an idea, give you guys an idea who we are, a little bit of our background and what our church is about. Uh, and so we are vineyard pastors by origin. We've been around the Vineyard Church. I was at Anaheim for about 18 years, and I was in Malibu at that place for a while as well, which is where I came up with a lot of what we're doing at Breakpoint, which is quite a bit different from your standard church. It may not look like it when you first come in, but it's really designed different. People say all the time, you know, I want something different. The church is not working. Things don't work out. And it's true. If you look at the church today, it is extremely broken as a whole. But what people usually mean is they want a better, polished version of the old when it really comes down to it. People are not usually open or real uh, friendly with change. Change brings a lot of resistance in people. I don't like changing. But that happens to be one of the things God's main characters change. He's continually changing, continually creating, continually bringing us to new levels. At Breakpoint, we are kind of designed really in a, uh, in a way that's different from the rest of the churches. We're kind of a pioneering thing that uh, under John Paul Jackson, we've been around about two years. We're an outwardly focused church. And what I mean by that is not just that we do outreaches, and we do a fair amount of them, but we believe, just like this ministry is, in a place where we're ministering to others. We believe that healing is a process of several things. One is pursuing your healing, which a lot of you do, and most of us do, but also the other is pursuing the call that God has in our life in the place of service. So if you're in a place of service and going after the calling of your life and pursuing healing, we really believe that brings healing to you and is the way the kingdom's designed. One of the basic principles of the kingdom is, of course, giving it away. And so, I mean, that's what the, why tithing happens. That's why uh, everything's the first fruit. It's because you give of your best to others. And in the process of that, you get healed. Very often along the way we get caught up in the desire and the need to be healed so quickly that we begin to focus on that. There's some times for that. But one of the fall, parts of the fall was becoming self-centered and introspective rather than being outwardly focused. So that's kind of a balance we walk through. How to be outwardly focused, focused on what God's saying to us, focus on what God's doing and allowing healing in our life because we have to look at some of those things for healing. Breakpoint is a functions a lot different than most churches as well. We really believe the leadership's job is to help a person identify their gifts, grow in their gifts, and use their gifts. We don't believe in a, a, a level of top-down, like all the ministries at Breakpoint are not bits of me or caring, but they're rather what God speaks to someone individually about and gives them a heart for, and we empower them. For example, with, with Joanne, 
she says, you know, she wanted to do this. She actually wants to help build the kingdom, and she wants to help build Breakpoint. But the idea of what she's doing is exactly, and we have other people like that in our church, where they come along, God has given them the gift. God has given them the vision to do the things. And what we do is help them doing it. And in the process of that, we find that we have lots of different directions that we have. And those different directions create a synergy as we put them together and gives the direction of our church. So in other words, that's an opposite to what most of us are used to. So it's not a top-down view where we're all going to do what I like, and if it doesn't fit, you'll go somewhere else. It's a rather of, let's see what God's speaking to each one of you, because we're all part of a body, and we really believe that each part of the body has a significant part, and it only works when everyone does their part. If it's a top-heavy thing where somebody has a vision and doesn't, it's all their heart, it's going to be an awkward body. It isn't going to work properly. So the synergy of this, the synergy of all of everyone doing what they're called to do will give us a direction and is what we're meant to do. We also believe the leadership is, is uh, not a matter of just uh, 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 having our way. I, I see two types of leadership. One is a positional authority, which I have as the pastor and Karen as a pastor of Breakpoint. But there's a spiritual authority. Sometimes people are doing things, and I see that God's on them for doing something. I step back. They're the authority in that particular place. It's kind of like a marriage, which a body is, is likened to, is where you work together with your husband and wife, and you may pull and chub a little bit on what we're going to do and the direction we're going to go. Somebody has the last, last say in it, and that's the husband. That's the way it's designed. But somewhat in the way, way it works here, we can talk and we can work through different things of what we're thinking we should be doing, and that's okay. We also believe that leadership is, is to be in relationship with their body and mutually accountable to one another. So when I, we do things, I usually go out to lunch with everybody. So does Karen. We, we do things to be part of it because we have a different view. Now, on a Sunday, it looks quite a bit alike, but it's quite different because of how that structure is. We give a lot of uh, room for people to uh, uh, express their freedom, a different way of worship. But we do a lot of teaching on what and direction of how God speaks to us and moves forward with us. So that's a, a little bit of the, uh, the difference that you would find at Breakpoint than, than you might find at some other places. Uh, a lot of things you might find similar, but there's some core issues that are very important that we do have. We also believe that Christ developed the church by going out. And in the process of going out, people followed him. They wanted to know what he did, rather than you focus in and then go out later. So we try to keep that outwardly focused and that balance between the, the, both of those. So why are we saying this? There's a couple reasons. When you're going to be ministering with people, they're going to, some of these people are going to be disfranchised from the body. They're going to be maybe cut off. They may be in a place where they, they don't know where to go. You can maybe point them our way. We might be a place that's for them. We believe that people are called to specific churches. It's not a let's go taste and find out whatever we like and find the perfect church because they don't exist. We believe that people are called to a particular place, and you're only going to come into who you are to be when you come into the calling in the land of your anointing. So we want you to point people towards us. We also, we are an evangelistic church, so some of the times we're going to go out in the streets and we're going to invite people to come to this that aren't saved because that's who we are. 
we'll just invite people say hey you know you know one kind of wonder what God's really saying in your life or uh, uh, would you like an encouraging word come on on a, uh, on a Sunday at a certain time we'll have some people to be able to speak into your life that way so we use a lot of that for a lot of the prophetic gifts for outreaches and we do it with dreams and encouraging words but I hope that kind of gives you a flavor if you have any questions we glad that's a flavor for an understanding of the flavor of breakpoint uh, uh, so, anybody have any questions? Good. Okay. Welcome, everyone. It's good to see a lot of old faces. Um, I'm Joanne Town. I think almost everybody in the room knows me, some better than others. Um, the team that we have gathered here is kind of a mergers and acquisitions type thing. <laughs> we have people from Bridgepoint. Um, we have people that I've known for probably 12 years at least here from Renewal and Harvest Rock where I used to attend. And then we have a good number of people that were part of the healing room that we had in uh, Northridge. And some of you may not know that. I had started that, I guess, about four years ago, and I was the director of, of that, and we had an incredible team. And what was very unique about our team that I'm still hearing reports about is that we had a huge number of prophetic people, because that's kind of the people I'm drawn to. It's my DNA. And um, as Karen and, and Gary and I had been discussing about uh, things about the DNA of their church, they do have a prophetic DNA, as you know, they have a lot of outreach, but really something like this, what I call a prophetic presbytery, but its title is Viewpoint, um, a prophetic team of people, we don't really see a lot of that anywhere, I think, in the L.A. area. You may have it as teams after church, but there's not really too many places you can go to. I think Pasadena might have a little something at the, um, what is that called? At the Pie Hop. And I know Elise Viejo has it. But I know too many gifted people, a lot are, that are in this room, even five full ministry people, that really are not finding a venue for their prophetic gifting. And so you're contributing to the body of Christ, not only by using your gift, but by helping to train others in their gift and basically doing the Ephesians 4 model of equipping the body. So that is kind of why we have decided to go ahead and launch Viewpoint. Um, just to give you a little background about me, for those of you that don't know me, I've been a believer for about 22 years. And I've had a background in deliverance ministry and the healing ministry and prophetic training. And so overly equipped, not a lot of venues with which to use it. And so uh, happy to do so with, with Viewpoint. And I, I really think that there's going to be a wonderful marriage of the people here. Because I think that what we have is we have a commonality of DNA, which is very important. And we also have um, great gifting in the room. And we have a lot of mature believers. So um, I'm really excited, and I really appreciate all of you that took a Saturday to come and to be part of this team. Uh, what we want to cover today, we're going to kind of split the training into two venues because we realized it was way too much to cover in the short amount of time. And so today we're going to go over some of the protocols, kind of what we're expecting of team members. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about um, how to deliver a word 
and then we are also going to do a little prayer time at the end. Then when you come at the end of the month, which is I think the 31st of August, right, that's the date, that Sunday, we're actually just going to do a run-through. We're just going to have everybody get together. We're going to pray over each other. We're going to go over Q&A and all that. So first of all, all of you get to know each other a little better and just work out any kinks that need to be worked out. And then the end of September will be the first official launch. And that's the one that we're going to send out the invitation to so that you understand that. So you may have questions today that will be answered at the end of the month, but we're going to definitely take a Q&A uh, before we go into the prayer time. So what I'd like to start with, um, if you could open up your syllabuses. And just to, to let you know on the syllabus, we had a fairly thick syllabus for the healing room. So I have edited a lot. We did this in a short period of time. So um, forgive if there's any spelling errors or you know some things that I might have done in more detail, but in order to get this launched in time, I just basically did a cut and paste. I threw some extra stuff in on the prophetic since that was the ministry, so show mercy. That's basically what I'm saying. <laughs> so, um, what do we do? We have the mission statement up there, John. John, I've got the trip tick, and John is going to drive. <laughs> and John was able to put this together. So I really appreciate it. Um, I think we're going to solve it because basically, what I let me just explain about the syllabus. We're going to touch on highlights today. The reason all you were invited into this team is because we know you have gifting and we know a lot of you have more experience than others but but most of you are qualified to minister to other people so because of the immaturity that we're expecting of everybody we figure you can read through this syllabus and basically it's to kind of get us all on the same page we've all had different trainings some of you may read some of my stuff and go well I don't agree with that and da, da, da. unless it's something really that would bring division you know that's fine if you lean a certain way or a different way on definitions and things. But we're just trying to say this is where we're trying to come from. So if you have anything that stands out, give us a holler. Um, but we pretty much expect you to be able to self-manage on, on the training of the syllabus. So basically with our mission statement, and Gary, did you want to mention your core belief of the church that you sent to me? Do you want to restate that? That's behind this. Did you bring it with you? Okay, well, I didn't either, so. <laughs> It'll be on the website. <laughs> About the viewpoint. Okay, we actually, we'll, we'll email it to you. But the, the, the basic idea of the mission statement is that you understand that, with regards to the prophetic, we believe that, yes, we have gifts to give to people, and God does speak to people through prophecy, but ultimately you're the steward over that word. And if a person just gets a word and puts it on a shelf and waits for the sovereignty of God, there is a very good chance that word isn't going to come to pass because there are things that you can be responsible for to step into, whether it's character, maybe it's equipping and training. It may be certain alignments that you have now that need to change, but everybody can contribute to act, taking action to step into that word. And that is something that's going to be unique about Viewpoint that we are going to be doing, and we'll talk a little bit about that later. But if you, if you read through the mission statement, I think that's the highlight that, that we wanted to um, 
There's, there's only one other thing I'd say, and that is that one of our core beliefs is that if you know something, you're responsible for it. So very often people get words and they get teachings, and they never do anything with them. And the problem with that is I think they come under judgment for what they should receive. And so we want to pick a, uh, we want to build a viewpoint in a way that will help people understand that and help them carry out bringing those things in their life, which is what they want. But very often they just kind of, oh, this is a new one, I'll put it away in my little scrap. <coughs> and it's the last time they ever think of a word that you hear. Mm-hmm. Uh, but instead, we want that word to come to be part of their life. And I think also just to say on the opposite end of the spectrum, and we've probably all done it at some point in our walk, maybe earlier in our walk, you get a word and you go right into it and then you realize you're not prepared to step into that word. So there are seasons and what we want to try to do is bring some equipping beyond the ministry time where there's going to be some coaching and some training to help people understand how they can walk into a place where they are abiding in the word that was given. The the part that's sovereign is God's timing. You know, there's divine appointments God creates. But I think that we've went too far on the sovereignty side and not taken responsibility on the other end of it where we are to self-govern and self-manage. So that's basically enough said on the mission statement, and you can read through it. Um, In terms of the leaders... Karen and, and Gary and I are the leaders of, of, of Viewpoint, and some of you have more relationship with one of us than the other, so however that works for you to get in touch with any of us. Um, there's contact numbers and emails in your syllabus, and um, I don't know what we, we... We still have a few things we're going to work out and talk about today that we'll know more later about when we put teams together. We may want to experiment with different teams. We're just going to have to see how things flow so we don't have everything, um, you know, tied down yet to, to that. The main thing is the ministry time is going to be 1.15 till 3 o'clock. Is there anyone here who's attending another church that getting here 1.15 is going to be difficult for? And what time are you guys done? Well, you're done at 1.30. You can probably be here by 1.30. Okay. Well, the time between 1.15 and 1.30 is probably going to be prayer time, getting, you know, getting situated, getting into your team, get, grabbing an intake form and starting to pray for it. And so um, maybe you guys can, you know, pray together along the way. You'll prob- you won't necessarily be on the same team together, but you know, prepare as you're coming. And then we'll just leave you toward the end of the appointments. And I think the way we're going to do that is we are going to let people schedule appointments, but we'll also take walk-ins um, so that a lot of times people don't, you know, make their appointments. So we're going to be figuring out the logistics of that or maybe have 75% of the team with appointments and leave another portion for walk-in or something like that. So we're going to work that out also. We're going to experiment. We are going to experiment, exactly. Um, And so now I wanted to just get into the core values of what we're expecting um, from team leaders and team members. Um, First of all, if you are made a team leader, it's not like a permanent status. 
in that position every week. We probably have more leaders than we do just members right now anyway. So we're going to rotate you around. Um, but the reason that somebody is assigned a team leader, and I, I really want to emphasize this, is not because their gift is bigger than yours. Okay, because somebody may have incredible revelation, and the other person may not have as much, but they're matured, they've walked in prophecy for a while, they know how to deliver a word, they know how to bring clarity and closure, they've been tested in interpretation, which I think is some of the hardest part about the prophetic, um, because sometimes we can, you know, jump into it. Um, I actually did want Vanessa to say something. I'm, I'm going to ask you to, to bring something up in a minute. Um, and so for team members, we believe you're still being mentored in your gift, and you're still learning your vocabulary, your interpretive skills, and they're being developed. So just don't think, well, that one's a leader and this one isn't a leader. Yes, there are some here that are leaders that may have greater gifts. Some are fivefold uh, prophets. But I, I, does everyone understand it's more that they've been seasoned a long time in the gifting, and that's why we're putting them in that position. So I just want to mention that. Um, in terms of interpretation skill... Uh, Miss Vanessa and I used to pray a lot together during renewal. We were on the team there. And uh, if you could just give the key lime pie example, Vanessa. Stand up, Vanessa. This is Vanessa Belletti. <laughs> and I just want, what I want you to explain is how you got something you didn't understand and how it worked out because you didn't try to overinterpret it. That's the point of what I'm having Vanessa share. Church, and I don't say it in the way I And all I heard the Holy Spirit was, 
And this is where maturity in the prophetic comes, that the whole group could be saying something different than what you have. And I think with that, once you take these risks and you find out they're right, you're willing to take bigger risks later. And that's it. We don't know what's going on in the mind of the person. The other point of that I want to make is if Vanessa had interpreted that from what lemon meringue pie meant to her, it could have turned that word off. It could have gone into another dimension. I mean, you know, it could have ruined the word. So it's very important only give what you have and only if the Lord is telling you the interpretation. Because I know some people have overinterpret things. They're telling me like a picture and I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm there. And then they go on this tangent. And I'm like, that isn't what that means for me. It was like the, this, and I'm very sign symbol anyway. Those that know me know that. It's like the symbol itself is like a book because it has a history behind it. So I just felt that was a really important example for Vanessa to share about. And we're going to get more into delivery, but I, I, I thought of it then. So, All right, let's go to the page on team requirements. I don't have page numbers in, in mind because it got modified. Page three, okay. Um, we're just going to touch on a couple that are very important. Please read through this. First of all, we expect that everybody in this room is born again, baptized, and filled with the Spirit. Is, is there anyone here not baptized? Okay. And we're expecting that you are going to have a submitted walk, free of habitual gross sin. Um, and, and, and what that means is that you're not in a place where you really need to step back and be in a season of your own personal counseling. Um, we are expecting integrity among all of you. That's why you're here. If there's something wrong, 
let us know before we find out, you know, the hard way. We're just asking that it protects the anointing on the ministry. And and it's it's being gracious and loving to your fellow brethren. So I'm sure we're not going to have that problem, but just to cover it. Um, the gifts of the Spirit, we expect that you have a personal devotional life, and that's going to be the most important thing that you bring to this team, because even if you happen to have a gifting in the prophetic, if it is not nourished by your own personal devotion time, worship, and I really want to emphasize scripture reading, because it just seems that when you are in the Word, it really just um, enhances Uh, the prophetic because you can give example in the word you know even if you're only getting a picture you can always go back to a scripture and that's something they can take take away with them too and meditate on that scripture so we just encourage that Um, big deal on grooming Uh, for women obviously we want you to be as modest as possible you know no cleavage that kind of thing Um, (laughs) what honey And here's the thing. I mean, you know, when we minister, we stand in front of the mirror like this, and but when we minister, we're about, you know, and when I minister, I could be doing flips. So it's like, um, you know, just be mindful of how you minister. And it's not as much as the healing rooms where there's as much body contact, but some of you are probably more body contact type people than others. But depending on the exhorters tend to be a lot more body contact. And so think about that you know in in terms of modesty and we're probably going to have a a good portion of teams men and women on the team so that means you're going to be ministering to both sexes so keep that in mind and just you know the proper grooming of brushing your teeth and using mince and mouthwash and deodorant you know just the basics we're asking for Um, like it's not good to bicycle here from work when you have to minister that And the other big thing is um, if there is an issue with a team member, we expect you to walk out Matthew 18 principles directly with the team member. Don't call us and tell us you're having a problem until you've done that. I mean, that's just basic Christianity. So if you can't do that, then you really shouldn't be on this team because that's just maturity okay so do that if there is something that's a gross sin issue or something where a man is inappropriately done something a woman that's a whole different deal come to us but you know for the most part basic things and what you're going to find out having had to walk out a lot of these things in my short walk with the lord is that a lot of times it's just different ways of approaching things you have different understanding of things you'll find out half of them are just miscommunication and a Leviathan spirit really wants to be working in a ministry like this. And that basically is the spirit that comes in and will twist truth or cause you to think something in a different way. And then you're making, you know, a, a judgment and you've already gotten down to your decision about what happened. And you're going to find out that you probably both thought something from a different perspective. And it will actually wind up, if you, if you do it properly, bonding you rather than dividing you so i just want to make that point and then just please protect the anointing you know pray for the ministry and um just keep yourself you know before the lord and submit it to to the lord in your walk there is a probation of three months for all team members 
and if there's if there is a constant need to warn then you know a person might have to be removed from the team the other thing too is um, Please understand the syllabus before you pray. If you have a problem with anything in the syllabus, you tell us before you start praying, not three months into it, and say, well, I don't agree with that. Because you have it there. If you don't agree with us, tell us ahead of time. Don't tell us later. Okay? We've had some experience with that. Um, Okay, so when you get to ministry, just to do a cursory, you're going to pray with your team members. This is before ministry. You're going to come in and pray. We're assuming you're already prayed up. Um, We don't know what's going to quite happen. How many of you here have a hand mic or a hand recorder? Are they the little ones or the regulars? The regulars. Do any of you feel like you would want to contribute that to your team to bring a recorder? Okay, because we can get the tapes. The thing is that it is almost impossible to find these recorders anymore. They're all down to these little tiny ones, and the problem is the people don't have the little ones to play them back. So if you're able to do that, that's great. If you, yeah, see that, that just is a digital one, right? Oh, you can transfer to a CD. We don't want to get involved in and that. <laughs> well, I was just going to say, you know, we experienced, for those of you that were with us at Danny Johnson when we did that outreach, one of the things that we found was that, um, and we're going to encourage people, she jumped ahead a little bit on this, but we're going to encourage people to actually bring their own device. Mm-hmm. That's what we're going to try to shoot. We got something great, but um, we had people that were just doing it on their iPhone, right. on exactly. phones, you know, a message. Gina, I mean, Hannah, sorry. That's a very good point. That's, that is the problem that if we don't record, we're not going to have that. So, um, you know, we're going to talk about this maybe a little bit more. But the phone is a great idea. Everybody has a phone that has a little recorder or can call your home number and put it on your machine. <laughs> somebody having their own device and recording all of them and having their own records. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And trying to make something for somebody else. Yeah. No, we would, we would tell them to bring their own tape anyway. So yeah. we're not going to – if you have the recorder and can use it, they have to bring the tape. So it depends, you know, on what they want. But we're probably going to have somebody function as scribe in the teams if there isn't a recorder present because, you know, your retention is usually on a word, what, 10% of probably what you heard. And, you know, even if we can get the highlights down. So we're going to navigate that. If you think you're called to the prophetic ministry, you should probably have a recorder anyway, you know. Um, And maybe, you know, maybe the people that really want that word, they can go out and buy a small recorder for themselves. I don't know, you know, they might be cheaper now than they were before. But now a lot of them, like you said, are digital now. So I don't know if that works that they can, can you plug that into a computer and send it as a file? Yeah. Yeah. So that might be something we can find out a little bit more about that we could send it as a file to their email. That that's an idea. Yeah. Yeah. Whoever would like to volunteer to do that. Okay. Or we do, they do it right then. How long does it take? You could do it right then. 
Okay, so we're working some of that out. Um, we're, we're not going to talk about the intakes and all that right now, okay? Um, and on the ministry model, is that on page four in yours? Let me see how we're doing on time. One, okay, I think we're good. Um, the, the main thing is keep your eyes open when you minister. Um, test questionable impressions by asking the prayee for a question. You know, so if you're not sure what you're getting, it's okay to just say, can I just tell you, like, you know, for Vanessa, in a small group, she might have said, does this mean anything to you? And then here she finds out she did. So don't be afraid. You know, don't look for perfection here, guys. Everybody's in training, even the leaders. So I, 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 you know, I don't want to make it that, well, I don't want to say anything because what if I'm wrong? We're going to have forms that people fill out and sign that they know that this people are in training. You know, it's, it's, you're not going to get perfection. And this isn't to see who's more perfect or accurate than the other. I want, I want it to be relaxed. The whole idea is to, to love the person. And if they are feeling the love in, in the time that you're together, you know, I think that people are a lot more gracious about if there's error anyway. So... Um, anointing with oil. I know for me, it's like I've had oil put on me, and I just feel like I'm dripping with my hair and everything. I, you know, it's like be, men don't, sometimes don't realize it. So be conscious of things like that. Um, if you feel led to anoint with oil, otherwise we're not really going to be doing that. Um, we'll probably have communion out on the tables, I think we discussed, for the people after. We're not going to do it in our circles like we did at the healing room. Um, if, if, I'm ministering to Gary. Gary's going to put his hand with his paint in it. And I'm going to go like that. You're going to put a barrier between, if it's necessary. And I know sometimes, again, with exhorters, they feel like they need to make that physical connection. So that's fine. But always ask. Ask if you can touch their shoulder. I had one gal during renewal. I just put my arm around her, and she freaked out because it was like a PTSD moment for her of something that had happened to her. So you just never know what you think is an okay boundary for somebody else, you know, it's not for them. So, um, and then I think the rest you can pretty much read through. On the demonic, I don't think we're going to experience as much of that as we might have had in the healing room. So it was in there from before. But the main idea is if it shows up, get one of us. We'll take care of it. Don't do it in your, in your, in your ministry time. Okay. Um, let me see where we are on our calendar here. Um, Gary, you're going to do what? We have you down for gifts of spirit. Are you going to go over that or am I going to do that? Why don't you? You're going to comment. Okay. Um, oh, let me just. Okay, you're going to go into the um, parameters. Gary's going to go into that. Okay. Um, I just want to see if I want to do this first or the other. We talked about Matthew 18. Okay, let me just go into the gifts of the Spirit. Has everybody had training on this, on the gifts of the Spirit? Everybody kind of know what they are? Okay, I'm, I'm not going to go one by one, Sean, just to bring the whole screen up. We're only going to touch on the ones that apply here anyway. But read through the whole thing, mostly so that you all have the same language. Okay, that's the main reason for it. But in terms of for the prophetic gifts, the word gifts, we have the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge and prophecy. And so with the word of wisdom, um, that is disclosing the mind, purpose, way, and will of God as it applies to a specific situation. 
And that often can be really encouraging for someone because it's like, oh, they're on my page. They know I'm, you know, like let's say somebody was struggling financially and you would say, I'm just sensing here that um, this has been a difficult time financially. It's like, oh, my God knows, you know, my address. But we don't want to land there, okay? And people who are struggling, you know, I think you all know this, like, God, do you see me? You know, do you remember my face? Whatever, you know. And so that, what that does is it engages the person right there. It's like they're going to have their confidence go off to the roof right now, but they're very vulnerable for what you're going to say next. So we want to be careful that we do want to speak in to the word um, either wisdom or knowledge okay like with the word of knowledge it might be what I said about the finances the word of wisdom might be I just see the Lord really giving you direction in your finances and you might speak something specific and give you some equipping some training I you know you might be getting ready to go and take a training class on finances and that person might know that but and and tell you how to apply it But we also want to prophesy into it if possible. You don't want to make something up if you don't have it. It's a kind of tender thing here. But if you don't have prophecy for it, you do have covenant promise for it. And if you're lacking there, you can, and I really encourage all of you to get yourselves updated on all the covenant promises with Abraham and all that because we can speak that into people. So we can still come from edification and encouragement without a prophecy, but if you can prophesy into it and you're getting something, make sure you wait after you get the word of knowledge or the word of wisdom and see if there's more for the future. Are you having a problem, Lois? Okay, I'm looking at your face like maybe you didn't. Do you understand what I'm saying? Okay, okay. Um, So, again, word of knowledge is supernatural revelation of information about a thing, person, or place. And then prophecy is uh, God speaking through man, a supernatural disclosure, a sudden spirit-inspired insight that brings edification, exhortation, and encouragement, forth-telling and foretelling. So the thing with this is that because of this, and this is a personal belief here, but if you're getting a corrective word, like a big deal corrective word, like somebody's in sin or whatever, sorry, you need to um, hold that and maybe talk to one of us because... I really believe, and I think I've seen this played out, that corrective words are really supposed to come from those that are shepherds over you. And if you're getting that word now, they've probably been told a few times. So, you know, God does things in relationship. It's not like you're going to be wandering in your church and with your pastor and amongst fellowship, and you don't have a clue that anything's wrong with you. So if they get here, which is outside of their arena of fellowship, and you're getting that, they're probably really into this past the point maybe even a hardening of heart so we want to make sure that that gets ministered to properly you sure can Uh, one of the things I would like to differentiate here is the difference between discernment and revelation and I would probably cut this all down to those two things and discernment basically is the understanding of where they're at right now you know and maybe the world can train people to discern you don't have to have a real strong prophetic gift. It's an early level gift to discern the situation a person's staying in. Revelation is to see God's intention for them. 
So this little saying helps me. Discernment without revelation is dead. Because if you discern where someone is at, and you can't tell them where God's calling them to be, then it's going to bring death in their life. So what we want to do when we see somebody where they're at, you know, and you can have revelation. There's you can, both these things can work back and forth together. It may be by God that they're shown it to you, or maybe by your trained eye. But you really have to pull to be able to see where God wants to take them and what their call is in their life. You know, very often when people have certain calls on their life, the enemy brings the total opposite, and they're sitting in the opposite position. I can remember one uh, lady I was given a word to. Now, she was probably not even saved, but her call in her life, her, her blessing in her life, was one of uh, generosity and giving. But where the enemy had her locked in was a place of totally the opposite. And so I said, now you're not going to receive this probably as, as being accurate. And I explained the situation. This is the call. This is who you are. This is who God made you to be. And this is what makes you happy. This is what turns you on because you're designed for that. So if you can see those two, the differentiation between those two things and keep that in mind. Okay, discernment, this is where they're at now. However they got there. But this is where they want to go. That's what I, I, I think is really what we want to call out. We want to call them out of where they're at. Most people know they're messed up. You know, kind of funny, you know, I remember when the first prophetic, uh, when John Paul Jackson and Paul Kane and all these guys first started coming around in the 80s, and we all had appointments to see them. And I'll tell you, all of us were in that corner <laughs> repenting like crazy because we knew, you know, we thought they could see everything, you know, but we knew if we got it covered by the blood, <laughs> we'd be okay with this whole thing. And so, uh, so remember that when you're talking to these people, they're going to think you're going to see, especially if they're inexperienced, every single thing in their life. They're not realizing God just gives us the tip of the iceberg so we can, so they can know that God hears, you know, so be gentle, be gentle with them. Uh, I want to say like that. Uh, oh, one other thing too, and it's something I've been teaching recently that that I think it's really, really important. The soul has a bad rap. You know, when we talk about it, something soulish, we think, oh man, that's bad. Well, soul is the, is the makeup of our mind, our will, and our emotions. And oh, wait, that plane goes over. And the and the soul is really kind of like the implementer in our life. We hear through it. Now, that means you and I prophetically hear through it because it's made up of our mind, what we think about things, and maybe what we think about that person, our emotions, our back experience, and what we want to happen in life. And so do they. So when they're hearing through this filter of their soul, now the soul is a good thing. It was, it was with God, and when the fall came, it was separated from God. And it's ugly when it's totally separated, but we've been redeemed. And, of course, it's not fully redeemed. It's yet here and yet to come. So that soul is being renewed. You know, God talks about renewing the, of your mind. You know, when he says repentance, which means change the way you think. You know, all those things. Any one of those things, the mind, will, and emotion will set the other off. So when people are listening... And, and, and to you, and when you're listening from God, you're running it through those three things. 
and it's going to taint it. I don't care who you are, it's going to taint it. It's not going to be accurate all the way. And we have to know that we're doing it in part. We're doing it to the best of our ability, but it's based upon who we are in our life's experience and what we think and what degree of healing we're in through. But they are too. So one of the things I would suggest, in, and when we give these words, is that you really ask them, now, how do, how do, what are you hearing from me? Because what you may be saying, based upon your mind, will, emotions, may be totally different from what their filter's hearing. You know, and they may have something a long ways away from it. That's one of the reasons we often get in trouble when we give words. We're meaning something totally different. We may have not have been the best at describing it, and we have a little spin on it from our own self, and they hear it with the opposite spin, and all of a sudden, oh, this isn't right. So it's a real good deal to play those things back so we would know what is really, you know, what's really going, what they're really hearing. Because we, we hear in part. That's all I want to say. Okay. Um, another thing just quickly on discernment since it was brought up. Um, I think it's more important to determine if a person is under the spirit of the law or the spirit of grace than it is to figure out what demon might be operating in this person. Because... That right there is going to be the foundation from which you can speak in on the Father and the heart of God and the truth of salvation doctrines. So I don't think that's spoken about enough. And unfortunately, there's a lot of mixture still in the church in that. And so, you know, depending on what the Lord is giving you, ask that as you're hearing your word. You know, if if it's coming like, oh, this person is really hurting with the Father, it might be because that's some of the issue. So within within the... um, Syllabus. There's some scriptures and different things that you should re-familiarize yourself with. Sometimes we're in the Lord so long that we take some things for granted, but they're good to be refreshed scripturally so that you have that as part of your toolbox when you're ministering. Okay? Um, we didn't talk about this, but how, how do you want them to deal with if they get a tongue as, as, as something to interpret? And are we just going to go ahead and let them do that? Well, I, I think it would depend upon their team. If they mm-hmm. have somebody to feel mm-hmm. their team can interpret it. Yeah. Because so I know some of you are at some churches that that's more common than in other churches. So, But if you do, do it. But as long as you have the interpretation, otherwise it's not going to be very edifying. Um, because we're not really doing intercession in these. I know sometimes we can get tongue intercession, like my friend over there. But that may not be this format. So, you know... If you're really feeling the Lord's telling you to do that, that might be something to step out and do with the person. But I think that it, 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 we're probably not going to come up against that much. Okay. Um, signs and symbols. The reason I included some of this about signs and symbols, and if you turn to your, I think it's page six for you, on the way prophecy is given by the Spirit. Some of you are more seers than prophets, and I want to talk about that a little bit. Um, So because you're coming to ministry, you may have a dream the night before for somebody that you're going to be with the next day. You may not get everything here. So just um, some are are more familiarized with how they get their prophetic. How many of you here are still kind of learning how you receive prophecy? Karen, stop. But I mean, okay, that's good, and that and that's really important because what's going to happen is you're going to learn your God language as you do this, 
And that's why certain people are team leaders because they've learned it. They've done it long enough that they kind of know how God's talking to them. I mean, I get on the freeway. I expect to see license plates. They're going to tell me something. I mean, that's just how I am. I know that's partly how God speaks to me. I, in fact, look for it and expect it, you know. So it's good if you begin learning that because you're going to have an attentive eye to the spirit when you're doing everyday things. So keep that in mind. That it's not just going to happen in your little in your little group and seeing it, doing it, knowing and thinking it, feeling it, saying it, hearing it, releasing it and becoming it are the ways that is done. I tend to have a releasing it kind of gifting. I do get ecstatic utterance. Um, so, you know, I'm, I mean, I, you know, those that know me know that, and I've had to tell Gary and Karen that a lot because they haven't really seen me in my full glory here. <laughs> yes, we may have opportunity today. We'll see. But I have come to peace about that that's how God's made me. And I think part of that, because I do do intercession and I've done a lot of deliverance, there's a lot that happens in a sound that I would not have enough words to do. And I'm okay with that and I'm happy with that. If you know that about yourself, it's good to let your team members know that. And we may have to, you know, have you step outside to do that. We don't want to quash the spirit, but remember you're going to be sharing space with other people in the room. So like for someone like me, I might have to step out into, you know, the foyer or something. So, uh, and then most fivefold prophets actually do become their word, just like Paul did, you know. So um, just something to keep in mind, and there's some examples there. Um, In delivering a word, Gary's going to talk a little bit about parameters. I just, the main thing is do it in love. Do it with the Father's heart. We're not preaching. We're not counseling. We're not doing directional words here, okay? If you feel you really have something that's telling somebody to do something, you know that you know that you know that it's God, come to one of us. Because this is more edifying, exhortation. Um, We want to be very, very careful about that, okay? And I know some of you can move in that really strongly. But for the team sake of what we're doing in viewpoint we're being careful with that and and that can be managed if 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 i know it's like somebody that's very mature and they have it then we might want to say this is what the person's hearing you need to take this back to your leader submit this word and and you know get full counsel on this okay we don't we and and we want to protect ourselves too that we don't do anything stupid and wind up with a lawsuit, okay? <laughs> so, even though we're going to have them sign a release <laughs> already. Um, don't, I don't think anybody here is a thus saith the Lord type person. Okay. All righty. Um, and then, you know, the thing for me, here's the thing for me, guys, about the prophetic. We have an opportunity to literally come and partner with God beholding that person in that moment. God is beholding them all the time. He is seeing their future. You get to step into that and flesh that out for them. So think about how you would want it said to you, how you would want it ministered to you. If it is something hard, you know, maybe they don't know the love of God. You don't want to be torn down in that. You want to be built up in that. So just treat them like a china cup. Okay, and you're just pouring in that warm honey and tea and all that. Okay, we want them to go away built up. I think all of you know that, but we just want to cover that again. 
Um, you want to do more parameters before I go into the, the delivery thing? I covered it. Okay. There was a couple on the there was a couple on the bridge handout. I thought that you were gonna. We did the touching. Hold on a sec. There was a couple. Um, when we talked about soul problems, we had sets talked about that when I was talking about how you hear it. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, that's it's all the way. But very, we all do to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. You know, and if we know that, and. Uh, oh, I know what it was. I got it here. We have well, a couple of things. You know, smiling, positive body language. Look at them. Um, avoid looking down. Stay seated. Because it can feel overbearing if you're on top of the, per, you know, coming over the person. That was what we did in the healing room. Watch your tone of voice, your volume, and match your voice to what you're saying. So if it's really tender and stuff, you know, um, and if it's correctional, you want, again, you understand the correctional part. If, if they need, like, just a little turn, that's one thing. If they have gotten off the wrong exit, that's, like, a whole, a whole different thing. Um, but sometimes, too, if you just call them back where they're supposed to be. Smart. I remember one time that JP was going around, it was in, in, in New York, or Linda John, oh, yeah. uh, and he was actually prophesying to my brother-in-law. And, and I watched him at the time, my brother-in-law was not in a very good place. And I watched him move around and find the good and call out. Because you know, mm-hmm. call them a good find. Right. Yeah, we're right. find the good in and he called him out, and he called him out, and he came from that. So, you know, other, other than when people are just flat, doing some wrong thing, and uh, barricaded themselves in that place where you're going to have to speak to something directly, very often you call what that, what they, who they're calling me out, they make all the difference in the world. And I'm going to read these from the bridge. We got this yesterday, so it's not in your in your syllabus, but just as some of the examples of the do not. Do you want to read it, Karen? You're going to do it. Okay. Um, don't prophesy someone should leave a place and move to a specific place. Don't prophesy someone should give you or the church money. I don't think you have that problem. <laughs> don't prophesy pregnancy or the sex of an unborn child. Um, and if you if you know, like I know, Miss Vanessa has done that, and it happened, and she prophesied into somebody who was barren. And, you know, we want to build that person up. If some of you that are more seasoned get that, or even if you're not and you get it, tell your leader, if we need to, bring it to them. We'll judge it, and if it's right, we'll say it, and we'll say, look, you know, this is what we're getting. You need to submit it. We don't if – I, if I couldn't get pregnant – and I came to a prophecy, and it was like God was saying she's going to get pregnant. I would like to walk away knowing that. But we just want to do it. We don't want to be risky, right? So we want to leave room for it, but we want to be careful. Um, don't prophesy a certain person should marry another person or that they're going to get married at all. Okay, we're just not going there in this, in this team. They, maybe at their church team they'll get that word, but we're not doing that here. Um, don't that, conf- that's usually one that's told in the soul. And that happens a lot. And really, I I talked to Gary about this. We've known that's happened. We've all experienced it. But it really takes training yourself how you hear to learn that. I can't really tell you how to know which one that is. You're going to have to learn by doing. I hate to say it. Would you, 
agree. You just kind of, you learn your language, you learn the way that God hears. You'll learn later if it's wrong, oh, I got pulled there. And so that just takes experience. But it does happen. That's why we're going to pray over the forms before we get the person, because I think God's going to give you a lot before they ever step in. And then you're in the sphere of their polarity on that thing. You're being yanked. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, and don't prophesy. We are not prophesying you're an apostle prophet. We're not telling them they're anything fivefold. You can say, let's say you feel somebody's an apostle. You can say, you know, I really feel that you're a builder of the kingdom. You can use other language to say the same thing. So we, want, we don't want them going out there and getting business cards and putting that in front of their name afterwards, which some people will do. Um, and we're not going to use, let's say, if the Lord, the Lord is saying, you know, we're just going to say, this is our impression from the Lord. You know, we're just going to dial it down. We want it to be relaxed. We don't want them to be stressed. We don't want you to be stressed. We want it to be fun, you know. We want you to enjoy, enjoy doing it. Uh, and then we're not going to get into counsel. If they try to pull you into counsel, bring them back out to the front because I think there's going to be some reference resources that we're going to give to people and some handouts that we're going to give to people so um does anyone have a question yet on anything said no we're going to do a break before we go into the next thing yeah so um we're going to read through all the how to deliver a word i'm not going to go into that today um and basically what love is is how we deliver a word so you'll learn that And we went through a discernment, and so we're going to be able to get right to some prayer stuff. I have things in here, just so you know. There's stuff about curses. There's stuff about basic doctrine, generational curses. It's all just to familiarize yourself. Because when you hear, and if you hear from the Lord, a word and knowledge, this person has a curse, at least you're familiarized with the kinds of things that can be. and we included some prayers for salvation, baptism of the Holy Spirit, should that come up in your circle. That, you know, we are hoping eventually there will be some non-believers. That, and then we're going to get into some prayer things we're going to do. So you're welcome to take a break, and we'll come back. Yeah, 30-second break. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're like covering a lot of territory.